Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, April 28th. We're here back in the Classic Factory. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey yo. What's yes. going on here? I'm, like, losing my ears. I got, oh, man. I got cords everywhere. There's too much stuff on me, Skeets. Booze are out, and he's yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Right we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mmm. And finally, the man making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Man, what? Uh, I, <laughs> are you serious right yeah, now? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, I don't know. I think my ears are not the right size. My ear, uh, <laughs> my ear canals. I'm like a small medium. I'm a medium in ears. So sometimes they just fall out. And once this one fell out, it was like cord oh central. <laughs> For those listening to the podcast, right yeah, Trey is uh, flustered right now. He's fixing as he my cords, man. Tries and gets his headphones in, in order here. Um, if you're wondering where Tass is, he's in uh, Vegas still. Mm. I believe he had the John Legend concert last night. So I can't wait to get uh, his report. On tomorrow's show, Tash should be back for the Drop Podcast here in the Classic Factory. Shout out to the stream team, though, joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. And uh, if you're a Survivor fan and you caught last night's episode, join us later today here in the Classic Factory over on the No Buffs YouTube feed uh, around, what, 2 p.m. Eastern, I think yeah, we're going to try and shoot for. Two, sure. Yeah, call it early afternoon. The No Buffs YouTube feed turned that into a podcast. No Buffs has its own separate feed. Uh, a fascinating, wild episode last night. Lots to break down from that one, uh, episode nine. So we'll get into that later. But we got a wedgie, guys. Mm. Wedgie number 41. Serge Ibaka sending the Bulls packing <laughs> with a wedgie for their troubles. Uh, here he is in the corner. 33 seconds to go in the game. Uh, sticks the corner wedgie. Wow, that one really stuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a deep, deep wedgie. Hey, what's up, Sarah Kustak? <laughs> <laughs> so that is wedgie number 41 on the season, uh, second of the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, maybe one of the more entertaining things from that game last <laughs> night. But uh, let's get into it. Bucks uh, crush the Bulls 116-100 in Game 5, and they will advance to face the Celtics. We'll, we'll get into that series and talk about uh, Bucks celtics in the second round. But thoughts on the game and, uh, and your Bulls here. This was a game. Yeah. Not a lot to say about this one. The Bulls took a one-point lead two <laughs> minutes in. That was the last time they led. Uh, down 16 after the first quarter. The Bucks stretched it out to 29 midway through the first half. Somehow this is only a 16-point victory for the Bucks, so it looks a little better for the Bulls. But mm -hmm. basically what the series broke breaks down to is Chicago played really well in Milwaukee. The Bucks lost game two. They lost Chris Middleton and said, this series is over. Uh, Giannis really put his foot down, I thought, in this one. 33 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, and he only played 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, he could score any single time he wanted to. Hot Bobby Portis, 14 and 17. A double-double in all three games once he moved into the starting lineup. And then Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton hit nine threes combined, just to rub it in the Bulls' faces. But the good stuff uh, is that Grayson Allen did get booed at home. Yep. He kind of has, was asking for it because he said the Chicago fans weren't booing loud enough. Probably true, since it was a 30-point game in the second half of both of those. And the Bulls won the fourth quarter. My guy Tony Bradley got some run. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This one was over at halftime, but uh, I stuck around to see that wedgie. Saw it live. Cool. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, I will say I was a real my buddy Grish. Oh, yeah. Your buddy Grish. Our buddy Grish <laughs> last night. I said the game was over on the first basket when yes. Giannis threw down the yes. putback dunk. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, it's going to be one of these nights. It's going to be one of these Giannis's where he's going to like come out, take control of the game in the first quarter at 15, and get it set up where he's not going to have to play a lot 
and play maybe 30 minutes, and that's exactly what happened. And then the defense on DeRozan, too, is the other storyline from this game, and I think this series, too. Once Levine wasn't playing, once Caruso goes down, obviously there's no ball. There's just not a lot of shooters. And it, the game plan from the Bucks was uh, all eyes, all bodies on DeRozan. Anybody but him going to be beating us after he had that big game, too, with the 41. And in this one, they just, like, yeah, sat on that right hip, mm-hmm. forced him to go left bring a bunch of help and he was making the right play like it's like DeRozan is a playmaker just guys were not hitting some of the open shots and you know they shot 52 threes this was the other thing the Bulls were like our only chance really to win this game <laughs> is to like hit 25 threes in this and somehow make it a game but I think it's uh, the most threes the Bulls have ever taken in yeah. any game saw. ever yeah, yeah. and like you're mentioning seven assists for DeRozan he could have had 17 assists yeah exactly the Bulls could have possibly shot the ball but basically Milwaukee was 100% fine with anybody but DeRozan shooting it. So, yeah, yeah. That was a, this was a blowout. I mean, this was a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, after game two, I was hopefully optimistic that, hey, the Bulls can maybe stretch this out to six. You know, DeRozan had that game. Yeah. He was knocking in jumpers over Giannis. But it was uh, fool's gold. You know, it really was. And the fact that, you know, they even won game two was uh, was pretty fortunate in this series. I can't remember what I predicted, but I think it was Bucks in uh, no more than five anyway. Yeah. Um, but then Middleton leaves in that game too. Yeah, he, like, oh, he is there an opening? But yeah. yeah the, the Bucks, you know. <laughs> it was, it was like the Bucks honestly just were asleep those first two games. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Budenholz was like, guys, let's just, let's just end this so we get ready for the Celtics in the second round. And that's really uh, where they're at right now. I mean, Giannis is, uh, th- there's no matchup there for him against the Bulls. There's very few matchups in the entire league. Of course for Giannis uh, so he just decided to flex his muscles a little last night and yeah the 16 point quarter a lead after the first quarter that was like uh, the Bulls would have to have some miraculous like a Desumu going for eight threes you know Kobe White someone like something yeah. like that was the only real way they were going to get back into the game DeRozan took 10 shots last night I think you mentioned he was passing but if DeRozan had 38 shots last night, I don't think anyone would be complaining either because they just yeah. didn't have any other significant offense. I know Vucci finished with a pretty strong game. Nearly got the triple-double there, uh, there Vucci. Oh, man, did he bang his head <laughs> off the floor too oh, when he slipped? I, yeah. I, I, I mean, that yeah. guy must have a hard noggin to like, continue to play. <laughs> like, and want to play? I mean, you know, kudos to him. Like, yeah. I hope they were like putting up how many fingers, man, yeah. because that was huge. He bounced off the floor there after he slipped. Uh, the only else... I, the only other thing I have in my notes is uh, we saw the skyhook from Drew Holiday. Very cool. <laughs> the Kareem Abdul Drew Bar lefty skyhook. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, and that's really all I have. It, uh, they were Bulls were very outclassed. In fact, let's just like sort of spin it into what they do in the offseason here, Trey. Like, um, weird year. Just to recap the Bulls. I mean, they were they were the first. They had the number one seed in the Eastern Conference for a good chunk of the year. The Bulls had an awesome three quarters of a season. You know, through basically 60 games, they were looking like a competitive team. Uh, that's kind of when things fell apart. The last 20 games of the season going into the playoffs, I think they finished like 8-19, and 19, something along those lines. Uh, but unfortunately, the expectations were raised around the turn of the year when the Bulls were in first place. They stuck there for a month. Still the best season since 2017. But the biggest question they've got this offseason is, is if they're going to sign Zach Levine to a maximum yeah. contract. He's 27 years old. He's coming off a really, really nice three-year run here. 25 per game, 47 from the field, 40 from three, 84 at the line, five assists, five rebounds. He tried playing defense at the beginning of this year, but, you know, he's an offensive player out there. The yeah. injury uh, to his knee, no doubt, hampered him during the second half of the season, so it's kind of hard to tell how he's going to perform against the playoff defense because he just didn't look like Zach Levine, mm. uh, I didn't think, uh, against the Bucks there. But it's also the Bucks; They're going to make you not look like yourself. Nonetheless, yeah. Levine's eligible for a five-year, I think, $212 million yeah. max contract uh, this summer, which is very weird because this is the best bull season since 2017. That's when Jimmy Butler was 27 years old, coming off his best career season ever. And the question then was, is he the guy? Do you build around Jimmy Butler? So it feels very similar to me now mm. with Zach Levine. They didn't build around Jimmy Butler. They were terrible for five years, and now they seem to be back on the right path. So for me, I'm 100% in on Levine. I think, uh, obviously, it's not a super max deal for him since he's not an all-NBA player or an MVP or a major a major award winner. But yeah. I think they got to sign him to the max. I think it's a... Uh, I think it's a depressing end to the season if you lose out, you know, for the final quarter of the season, and then the one guy who stuck things through 
you let him go somewhere else. So hopefully they bring back Levine. Hopefully he gets his knee cleaned up over the season and is ready to go next year. Yeah, what do you do if you're the Bulls front office? <clears throat> this is a no-brainer, like Trey's saying, uh, with Levine and let's, yeah, 5 two, twelve. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, but it's kind of where the league is right now. Yeah. That's not one of those, like, outlier contracts. Uh, the, for... cons- the only real concern with it, right, is is can he play in games? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he's had many seasons where he doesn't Yeah, play, he missed an know? entire season, didn't he, yeah. I believe, too, there. Um, yeah, he's 27, so I don't think it's one of those uh, albatross trust contracts I think if he doesn't if he does below uh, perform below that in the next year or two I think there'll still be enough time for the Bulls to trade him because again the further into the contract you go the actual cheaper it is anyway so uh, maybe it's not a five year completely guaranteed maybe there's a uh, team option at the end of that uh, or even a player option on in that fifth year maybe uh, but he certainly was a huge reason why the Bulls were so good for that as Trey mentioned it's sort of 60 games he was incredible he was an all-star he was playing well he's really improved that three-point shot I mean he took a dip back this season in terms of his percentage but I think in terms of his uh, the confidence you have in him taking that now that's a part of his repertoire so that's mm-hmm. good um, but I think the Bulls they their bigger question is kind of what to do with Vucci I yeah. think, I think uh, Vucci, he is eligible for a four year $118 million extension yeah that to me is uh, he, he's good I think if well oh. I, I think maybe this, if you can package him with something else and improve that area. Look, Vucci's good. He can stretch the floor. But I think at times as well, you know, he's, he's not a traditional big. He's an undersized big and he gets exposed a little bit on the defensive end in that sense. When he's playing his best and he spreads the floor out, he's passing the ball, hitting those shots, he's great. But I think if the Bulls want to get to another level, they need to improve in that area as their, as their primary concern. Defensively, if Caruso and Lonzo Ball are playing, on on ball perimeter defenders outstanding right. you know DeRozan so so defender but that's fine he really gives you everything on the offensive end um Javante Green I think you know there's some hope and some promise there Patrick Williams another guy but I think Vucci's probably best used for the Bulls as a bargaining tr- chip here to get improve in that area yeah what do you do with Vucci baby uh <laughs> teach him to shoot again I think that's yeah, the took, big thing he took a step back yeah it was a 40% shooter in Orlando 30% for the Bulls and like that's that's really Vucci's game right there. If he's yeah. not shooting the ball, then it's going to look bad a lot of times. So I think if there's a trade out there, uh, perhaps I would be interested in that, but I don't think it's guaranteed. I guess the good thing is that Vooch only has one year left on his deal uh, next year. I would not be clamoring to sign him to an extension, yeah. but I also don't think he necessarily has to go as long as the bench gets an upgrade as well. Like, they got to get some... Uh, defensive players they got to get a little bit more size the Bulls just wore down from playing small ball for the entire season by the end of the year it's like they were barely healthy enough to field the team mm. and you know the team that they were filled they were that they were fielding was going up against the Bucks team that was gigantic yeah. and that's yeah. obviously the team they're going to be chasing here uh, in the central division shout out to divisions uh, for the next <laughs> few seasons here because it's like you're trying to beat the Bucks. You're yeah. trying to get yeah. past the Bucks at some point, and I don't know how they're going to do that unless Vucci's a 45% shooter from three. Yeah, mm. the Bucks, and then hell, even the Celtics probably aren't going anywhere here with their uh, their squad. Um, it's yeah, it's tough to imagine what the Bulls will look like next year in terms of like where they land in the standings, mm. like what will be considered you know a good year. It was a great year at the start, like Trey talked about. The Bulls were back. Everybody was high on them. Then a couple of key injuries, especially to those perimeter defenders. And the defense, like, sort of fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. as you would expect. Um, but what you know, what's going to be the goal next year for this team? Because now there, there will be expectations yeah. if everybody is playing, you know, Ball and Caruso and DeRozan, and they keep Levine, and they figure out what they're doing with Vucevic and all that. And some young guys in Patrick Williams, like, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to be on the court. They got Dosumo, though, looks fantastic yeah. as, a, as a pick. There are, there are pieces there. They'll need, they'll need to make, like, a few moves around the edges, I think. Like, some size would help, for sure. Mm. Uh, but what's a... What will be the goal, I guess, is what I'm getting at here yeah. for next season. Well, they won 46 games this season. So, I mean, I think 50 is the sort of... 50 in a playoff series yeah, win type yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think, yeah, finishing that fourth or fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. But uh, it's hard to see them again taking another step and lo- until they really do improve. But uh, so much of it does come down to health for them. So, yeah. you know, because Lonzo Ball was good when he played, but how many games? Um, he must have only played 30 35 games. 35 games. 35, wow. Yeah. And Caruso, obviously, uh, I think he just gives them such a He a played lift. half the season too. Yeah. So, and, and look, some of those injuries, you know, the Caruso one was obviously uh, significantly unfortunate what happened with Allen. Um, Lonzo, I can't even remember what injury he's got right now. Knee he? injury. Oh, he's had that for a while, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, so that's, that's a problem. That's actually going to hang around unless he can get that cleaned right up because he is really uh, also improved his three-point shooting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Patrick Williams went out. So yeah, they had some... Uh, they've got to get their players healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
that's uh, it, it's easy to say that, but uh, if those guys are out on the court, then that's when you just have so much more confidence in the Bulls being able to defend. Yeah. I think that was a problem against the Bucks, especially. It was like, oh, they they just got no one. They're they're, they're trying the best they can to sort of cover so many gaps. Did you take down your Bulls flag? Not yet. No? Not yet. Didn't have time this morning. I'll switch it out for the red one. Do you do like a ceremonial flag folding <laughs> thing? Like, and all I'll that? do something. I'll okay. do something special. Maybe okay. I'll play the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I got to go back to the regular season flag. I thought the six-time champion would help. I switched to that flag, or I got that flag first when the Bulls were on their win streak. Yeah. Uh, so I was hoping it was going to bring good luck. Got one win against Giannis on the road in the playoffs, so maybe it worked a little bit there, but uh, not enough power, unfortunately. Yes, all right. Well, what a weird season for you and your Chicago Bulls. Yeah. You yeah. almost wish it was like... Uh, like flipped on its head, right? Yeah, like they yeah, started yes. like the old classic Bulls of late, and then went on their killer run, and then we would have got nothing but Bulls or backs from you. But <laughs> hey, look, it was a, it was a. What do you what do you grade that season? A plus, A plus. Okay, one hundred percent. I mean, they didn't. Uh, after being the worst team in the league for four seasons, it's cool to be back in the playoffs. But I will say, we drove to Memphis. Bulls lost. Saw the Bulls and the Hawks play here in Atlanta. Bulls lost. Flew back to Chicago for game three. Bulls lost by 30. I might not go to any Bulls games next year. Yeah, 2021 was good. I saw the Bulls beat the Pacers in Chicago. 2022, 0 for 3. Okay. So I might have to retire. Maybe you've learned your lesson. Yeah, maybe. I'm a little, I will say I'm a little concerned about the Bulls-Knicks potential. You know, the Knicks were great last year. They got into the playoffs. Julius Randle had an all-NBA season that kind of came out of nowhere. True, true. Many similarities, I would say, to DeMar DeRozan having his greatest season of all time, being an MVP candidate. So that's the big thing to me is to keep building, no complacency, and don't just run it back. Like, that's the thing. It's like you had a good first two-thirds of the season. You can't say, let's just see what that team looks like again. You got to tinker, assuming even if that team's totally healthy, not quite good enough. So I got a little confidence in AKME, Karnischewicz, and Mark Eversley. They made a whole bunch of moves last year, and it didn't seem like the Bulls could accomplish uh, a ton, you know, with uh, their cap space and all the assets they had. So the cupboard's a little bare right now, but they're pretty smart dudes. All mm. right. Well, let's get to the uh, third-seeded Bucks advancing to face the second-seeded Celtics uh, in the Eastern Conference semifinals, a.k.a. the second round. Game one on Sunday. Mm. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in Boston uh, being the higher seed. So this is a juicy matchup. Defending champs versus best team in the NBA for the last three months. Mm-hmm. I mean, record-wise, they say that. They've won 30 of their last 36 games, the Celtics have, when you include the playoffs, which is pretty wild. But the status of Chris Middleton in this, uh, we, we got some news here this morning from Shams at The Athletic. That left MCL injury uh, is a grade two sprain for Middleton. He's expected to miss the entire second round series. At first, it happens on April 20th in game two, mm-hmm. the one where DeRozan goes off. They say, uh, we'll give it two weeks, sort of reevaluate him then. And you know that's only what eight days eight ago, days, basically yeah. a week and a week and a day ago. Um, but they're saying no, he won't even probably be playing in this round, potentially in jeopardy for a conference finals if the Bucks are to move on. He's played well, uh, yeah. obviously over the last couple of seasons, even in Celtics playoff series, he's played really well. I think he's averaged twenty two points per game, twenty two and a half basically points per game on fifty two percent shooting. So what I'm getting at here is like, can the Bucks do this? Can they win? this series without Chris Middleton if he's not playing at all against this mighty Celtics defense? They can. I think their best chance of doing so, though, is to make sure they hold serve at home and give themselves that one game, Game 7 in Boston, to try to win that one on the road. I don't think they're going to win either of these first two in Boston. Because, you don't? No, because I think Udoka is going to largely apply the same sort of defensive tactics to Giannis as he did to Kevin Durant. Now, Giannis is more forced Different than... Different beasts, though. I know, they? he's more forced than finesse, but mm-hmm. at the same time, Without Middleton there, you're saying Bobby Portis, who did have a good series against the Bulls, is saying, okay, well, Bobby, you can see what you can do in this series. Now, Drew Holiday, we know he's fantastic. Yep. A little bit up and down himself at times. So then it's like, okay, is Pat Connaughton, you know, Grayson Allen, are those guys going to be able to re- really come in and fill the void? They may, but I just I just watched the Boston Celtics stifle Kevin Durant like no one has ever done before to the f- point where he was so frustrated. He was turning the ball over. He was rushed to get his shots. And again, I know it's a different way how you have to play uh, – Giannis, but it's probably going to be Tatum to start, and then it's going to be Brown and Smart and Horford, and everyone just like double him Williams. if he's yeah it, exactly if you're in the post and you're down low, and force Giannis to have to basically 
play game six against the Suns every single game of this series. I think that's largely what it's going to come down to. So it's a massive blow to lose Chris Middleton. He's that release valve that Giannis can yeah, rely on. Yeah. Whereas that's like, just 25 points, basically, you're taking off the board. And, and, it's and, it's, and it's like Giannis can rest, and it's like, okay, now it's your turn, Middleton. And also, when he does get doubled and tripled, it's like, okay, Middleton can yeah. attack, he can get to the line. So it's huge. Uh, the Celtics' defense is incredible. And their offense is also very, very... Uh, tough to defend so the Bucs are uh, have got a, a huge obstacle here they've got Giannis though so I'm, there, <laughs> yeah, there's no really way good. there's no way I'm, I'm thinking they're written off but I just feel that their best chance is that one game where maybe Giannis can just really uh, explode, explode and detonate them in that one game other than that I, I'm probably leaning Boston right now. Yeah, people are saying Giannis versus the Celtics defense the way it's been playing lately is the equivalent of the unstoppable force meeting the immovable objects. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, there's a lot nice of truth phrase. to that, I think. Uh, what, what do you think? What, what's what's the key storyline to this series? What are you watching? Is it just come down to like how the Celtics defend Giannis? What he can do differently than KD? Put the pressure on officials to make calls and, and get some of those Celtics players in foul trouble? What do you think happens? I think the Bucks can obviously still win this series. Uh, if Giannis is the best player in this series, which, you know, he's maybe the best player in the league, they certainly have a chance. But I'm, uh, I'm a little bit more interested to see how the Bucks defend the Celtics because... Moving Bobby Portis into the starting lineup, I think, made total sense against the Bulls. They have nobody that can beat you from the outside. Right. So let's bring in all the sides we possibly can, crush the glass, and make it really tough for the Bulls to score in the paint. He's not really going to be able to have anybody to guard, I don't think, in the starting lineup against the Celtics because you got Drew Holiday. We'll guard one of the guards, yeah. right? Like uh, whether that be Smart probably or Jalen Brown. Yeah. I assume Wes Matthews is probably going to get the Tatum assignment. Yeah. But then what? Like who's guarding that other guard of yeah. Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown or maybe... Um, or maybe Tatum, I suppose, but it doesn't seem to me that Bobby Portis would be the choice there. He's more, I think he's more of a 4-5 than a 3-4. Yeah. So that seems a little odd to me uh, that he would stay in the starting lineup. He's obviously been really solid off the bench, a six-man of the year candidate uh, for sure. So maybe Connaughton steps into the starting lineup and they get a, they get a little bit more perimeter action. I don't know. Um, so that's something that I'm going to definitely be watching for to see. What? How the Bucks approach trying to slow down the Celtics? Mm. Yeah, what do you think about uh, that well, matchup-wise when you start this game and who's starting for Milwaukee? Because Bobby, I, let me point this yeah. out: when he came in after the injury to Middleton, he was great against the oh, Bucks. Oh yeah, he killed the Bulls. He averaged fifteen and fourteen in his three starts. Yeah. Shot forty-eight percent from the floor and thirty-seven percent from three because he can stretch the floor too. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a different series and different matchups here. And who's Bobby playing? You putting him on Marcus Smart for crying out loud? Like maybe. I, honestly, maybe. Um, I would not put him on Jalen Brown. I think Jalen no, Brown no, will, will cook him. Tatum will absolutely cook him as well. This is the problem, I think, for the Bucks. Wes Matthews, I respect his career, but you saw against the Nets when Brooklyn, uh, when uh, Blake Griffin came on and Udoke was like, he's the weak spot, bang, go straight at him. That's what I think they'll, they'll target Wes Matthews, I think, because he's older and he's a bit slower and smaller. And, you know, Brown and Tatum, they're not going to be bothered at all mm-hmm. by shooting over him. No, Brown, you're a lot more bothered by Giannis and Brooke Lopez <laughs> behind him, though. Yeah, but, but again, Jalen Brown, when he drives into the paint, I think that's when he's at his most effective because he can really get in yeah. there and cause some trouble. Um, and, lo- yeah, Lopez is fine, but, you know, oh, I don't know. I, yeah. Come on, Lopez versus Al Horford, <laughs> let's go! <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's actually a good... Big old, you yeah. know, old centers like trudging up and down the court at each other. There. They can both spread the floor one. a bit, though, so that could yeah. be a fun, interesting series there. But uh, they need to make sure that Giannis obviously doesn't get in foul trouble himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Celtics, I think, again, that they will they will make him work. They'll try to get him uh, exhausted at that end because he's going to have to carry so much of a load. Um, oh, it's a fascinating series. I know. This one. I can't wait for it. Is this a rivalry? Bucks Celtics, and I asked well, that because it's going to be the third time in the last yeah. four years that they've met in the playoffs. That's pretty good. A lot of the same personnel, obviously yeah. star personnel. Uh, Celtics won in seven games in the first round in eighteen, and the Bucks won in five games in nineteen. Uh, yeah, the Terry Rozier and Eric Bledsoe was a uh, was the battle, wasn't it? Then obviously <laughs> yeah, no longer call. there. <laughs> that was yeah. one of the ones. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, wow. I hadn't thought about yeah, it. Yeah, like I know. You know. Caught me by surprise that yeah. this is the third time yeah. in uh, basically the last four. They playoffs. don't seem to have any beef though. Like uh, Celtics and the Bucks, like they probably just respect each other too much. Yeah. It's like uh, Draymond versus Jokic, like a tip of the cap to you and a tip of the cap to you as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's possible. Uh, very excited for this. Get started on Sunday. I think what we'll do is we'll make our official predictions on tomorrow's drop podcast. Okay. Tass will be back, have a little more time to think about it. 
talk about some X factors and stuff like that. Uh, but it should be a great series. Let's hear from the stream team now. I'm sure you guys are already dropping your Bucks in blank predictions or Celtics in blank predictions. So have at it. Let us know what you're going to be watching in this series. Anything else from the Bucks winning, the Bulls losing, what they do in the offseason, or Bucks Celtics round two, baby, mm. fight? Uh, Bucks Celtics should be the conference finals for me. Okay. That's interesting. You think whoever wins this series will probably go to the finals? Yes. Yeah. And I would like this to be the the one that gets you there too. You know, I, I, <laughs> well, hold on. So whoever wins this series, you would like get, to say to the Heat. Yeah. Heat, you would the, like to say it to uh, the Heat and the Raptors. Raptors yeah. They just have a, a series for fun. That, that. <laughs> just a fun series. <laughs> they don't even put it on TV. Yeah. Right? No. It, it's weird though. I, I do think these are the two best teams in the East. So, but it happens. It happens. You know. So. Well, get get ready for some angry Beantown boys when uh, Giannis is uh, going to the line mm. 17, 18, 19 oh, yeah. times. Look, oh, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. This is the thing. KD, you said it. That's perfect. bit more of a finesse player. I can mm. get my shot over anyone, uh, which actually turned out to be maybe not that true against Jason Tatum, who was ended up blocking jump shots, yeah. which was wild. But Giannis ain't going to do that. He's going to, no, 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 no. We're going to attack, attack, attack. And you know Smart's going to be sliding in, taking some uh, charges. And, and Giannis could get in foul trouble early. Mm. How much is he on Tatum trying to slow him? Uh, this, is, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some flopping going around. Hell There's yeah. going to be a lot, lot of boos of the refs. We're going to see a lot of reviews on this one because uh, it's the playoffs. Giannis gets a little bit more leeway, for sure, to lower his shoulder and knock a guy down. And obviously Smart, as the defensive player of the year, is going to be in the mix trying to take charges, so it's going to be a wild one, but this is a huge series, I think, for Giannis. Mm. Uh, All things considered, especially with uh, Chris Middleton, we know he's going to be out now. The Bucs are going to be the underdog here. I think most people will be on the Celtics, right? So if Giannis shows up and, you know, proves once again that he can show up in the biggest moments... That just inches him higher and higher on uh, on the list of all-time greats, I think. Yeah, should be good. We will make our official predictions on tomorrow's Drop Podcast. But let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Warriors advancing to the second round, taking care of the Nuggets last night. And Doc Rivers had some uh, interesting comments about his 3-1 collapses. We'll show you that clip and talk <laughs> about it. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, back with the boys in the Classic Factory. Somebody here in the stream team, Lee, mm. off of that ad read, says you have the worst taste in music. Mm. How do you feel about that? Did you write that? No, it was oh. Berto, <laughs> Berto Eats. Ah, uh, well, Berto. But he says uh, he, he loves you. Uh, 
Well, I guess Berto's got the right taste in music. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Let's get to the Western Conference game from last night. And it was Curry and the Warriors holding off Jokic, eliminating the Nuggets Mm. in game five. See you later, Denver. Uh, Put up a fight, though, in this one. Oh, they did. They held off is the right way of saying this. Uh, I I felt bad for Jokic in the end because uh, he was in a bit of foul trouble. He had some hamstring injury there as well. He was on the bike trying to sort of stay warm. He was brilliant trying to get his team over the line here. They just didn't quite have enough. Sort of felt like almost the Nuggets season. It was like, oh, at their best, they can be, you know, really good. But yeah. the the margin for error is pretty thin there. And uh, they just came up a smidge short. They led this one actually going into that fourth quarter by eight points. And it wasn't even a great quarter, I didn't think, by the, uh, by the uh, Warriors. But Gary Payton played really well in that game. Hit a big three. His dad was on the sideline celebrating there. Steph Curry returned to somewhat of his form there with 30 points. Hit three big threes to uh, sort of the end of the third into the fourth. He was great. But I just, uh, I looked at the Nuggets and I was just like, they just can't, they're not going to get over the line here. Um, and Michael Malone tried a few things, but couldn't, couldn't sort of stop the Warriors really at the key time there. Yeah. So uh, their season ends. Um, it's It sucks to see Jokic out again. You know, he, he got swept out last year, loses in five this time. He's probably going to win the MVP again. Um, and the Nuggets, I just hope for like anything, they can have a full healthy season. Sure. Because uh, you knew, even, like even if they won last night, they're not, they weren't going to win this series, you know. Um, but it was, uh, I thought maybe last night, and the Warriors returned to that sort of lineup of death or whatever they're calling it now, with um, uh, Steph coming back in and Kevon Looney coming out, I thought maybe they're just going to try to run the Nuggets off the floor here and the Nuggets sort of don't even put up a fight. That didn't happen at all. Yeah. Denver fought and scrapped until the very, very end. Just didn't have enough horses, though, really, to uh, to, to, to win the game. Oh, Jokic loves horses, too. Yeah. That's got to be extra <laughs> uh, But the Joker, 12 is... Uh, 30 points in the final three and a half minutes, basically. He finished with 19 boards, too, and eight assists. And uh, he was scoring, I mean, basically every time down. They just could not get stops. And now, unfortunately, he was involved a lot in a lot of that action that the Warriors were marching to the rim. They're, you know, putting him in movement. Exactly right. He's gassed and doing everything offensively. And, 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 uh, you know, I thought he got a little exposed there like the team did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The Warriors just have too much for the Nuggets to be able to handle uh, with this version of the Nuggets. And I think it really shows up in the three-point stats. Six threes for the Nuggets last night, 13 for the Warriors. Like, if you're minus 21 from the three-point line, you're going to have a tough time. Yeah. Uh, against Golden State. I thought the most interesting thing from this game probably is going with Gary Payton II over Jordan Poole there uh, in the fourth quarter. Poole didn't have it going. Uh, You know, he's had a really nice start to the playoffs here, but we've also seen him have brutal games like he did last night. But it was very easy for the Warriors to stick with a small ball lineup that's just a little bit more defensively sound uh, with Gary Payton rather than Jordan Poole. So to get the offense that you got from Gary Payton was incredible. You know, he was attacking space, hit a couple of threes. I don't know if you're necessarily going to be relying on that, but when it's happening, ride the hot hand. So shout out to Steve Kerr. I thought he made some smart moves there. And yeah. Started uh, started Steph for Kevon Looney, which yeah. uh, a we, little bit we surprising. We were surprised to me. by that. You yep. and I, at least, Though, he called uh, it. They did bring Looney in pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think uh, the biggest worry then, uh, at least against playing against Jokic, is that Draymond could get in foul trouble. But you know, maybe that's not going to be quite as big of a deal in the second round series. I, I think Lee, you're thinking with Kerr was right. We'll we'll start with the uh, you know mega death lineup, whatever the heck we're calling it, and. Uh, See if we can just run them off the mm-hmm. floor. We'll splash a bunch of threes and see if they just like roll into a ball and die. And they didn't. I thought Aaron Gordon was really aggressive to start the game yeah. too. Like he he played well. He had a bad bad turnover late. Was that him? I think that threw it yeah, away. Yeah, after the that pack. incredible pass. Yeah. From oh yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was too hot for him. He was like I didn't expect it. And then he threw it back, and it was yeah. yeah. That was a crucial. Yeah, that was like a two-point game, yeah. I think, still yeah. at that point, uh, with not a lot of time to go. But, yeah, and then Kerr electing, like you said, to go with uh, GP2. And, you know, it's easy because he's out there for defense, but when he's also going to chip in 15 points and hit a three when it was like a five-point game there, uh, yeah, then it's you're like, okay, now I look like a genius because he's actually giving us that. I think Kerr said this much. He's like, he was scoring. He was attacking. Mm. He was hitting threes. It was sort of a no-brainer to have him continue. What do you think about Steph Curry's new celebration, putting uh, – Putting teams to sleep, uh, yeah, like his uh, scoring late now. He's done it twice over yeah. the last little stretch here. I well, it might come back to haunt him one day because I mean, you know, <laughs> why night, would it come back to haunt? Like well, because if you if you, I, I'm taking it as like the game's over, like go to bed sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it was only a four-point game here. One, one or two possessions the other way, and uh, you know the Nuggets 
pull off the victory. I thought Boogie Cousins was uh, really good last. Shocked to learn his career playoff high was 19 points. I know he hasn't yeah. obviously played a ton of playoff games, but 19 um, was, was was funny to hear. And he had a nice little, and Grant Hill caught it on the play, on the broadcast. He had a Nikola Jokic floater in the lane there mm-hmm. too. So, uh, yeah, but when he's your second best player, as I think he probably was there last night, uh, you're scrapping. You're scrapping yeah. at that point. Okay, well, let's talk about the Nuggets then. Top priority this offseason. What is it? Just get healthy? Health. Yeah, yeah 100%. That's a... Uh... Make sure that Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are ready to go uh, for next season. They won their first four games last year with Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, and Barton as their starting lineup. They look like a legit title contender. We just didn't get to really see them Mm. gel together for the entirety of the season. And then this year, obviously, uh, we didn't get to see them basically at all. I'm a little bit more concerned with Michael Porter Jr. than Jamal Murray. Uh, just because backs seem a little bit trickier to me than knees. Also, I think Murray has kind of been cleared to play this season, but doesn't want to play until he's 100% and is going to be the Jamal Murray we're all used to. So hopefully that's the case next year, because I think that answers a lot of questions for the Nuggets, obviously. Monte Morris becomes the backup point guard, which is what he should be um, for this Nuggets team. Both of the Greens, Jeff and Jamichael, become the backup bigs rather than Jeff Green having to start as a small ball uh, four. I would also like to see a wing upgrade if they can. Will Barton, they ask a lot from him. He's performed well for them, but that's certainly a place they could get better. And their bench, I think, could use a refresh. You know, yeah. Bryn Forbes, Facundo Campazzo, Austin Rivers. You don't need to really keep any of those guys. Maybe something that's a little bit different, a little variety in those three guards would be helpful uh, next season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Bones goes next season as well. Had some really good moments, uh, not so much last night, but um, other games. He can definitely shoot. He's a, he's a firecracker off the bench there, like a uh, J.R. Smith or a Lou Williams or someone like that. I mean, if he can give them good, consistent production, that'll help them. But And they need desperately players like that for Bones to like sort of pop off as a rookie because they have so much money locked up yeah. with the Supermax kicking in here for Jokic very soon. Like, Porter they have three max his, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jokic, Jamal, yeah. and Michael Porter Jr. Like, mm. only the Lakers, Nets, and Warriors have three max guys. And then Gordon is like a $20 million per year player yeah, there. Yeah, what's Gordon? And only he going must up. Be... I think he's like 19 or something. Yeah. With a, you know, obviously yeah. But he must only have a year left or so, doesn't he? Yeah. He might have one or two left on it. Because I, I actually think Gordon is a really good fit on this team. I, I like him on yeah. this team. But he needs to be more consistent. But that's also been a, a trademark of his entire career. Easier for him to be the consistent fourth guy on the team, though? third or fourth guy then the second guy yeah oh for sure right? for sure just being asked it's just that. you just want him to have that production that he gives you at times you know but I just still remember in his Orlando days he'd be 46% from three in the first month of the season yeah, yeah. he'd finish at like 26% you know so uh, but I think the reason I think he's a good fit is because of his athleticism it's perfect for Jokic you know you run to the rim he'll find you mm-hmm. he'll do that and if he can spread the floor and hit those threes consistently, then he's very good. And defensively, you saw him on uh, Steph there a little bit last night. Again, I think he can be one of those sort of lockdown defenders like that when he really locks in. He's just... Consistency is his biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, I saw Bobby Marks write about they have to decide, ownership does, are they going to use something like a mid-level exception, like $6 million, to go get maybe some depth, like you said, a small four or something around the edges? And if they do, that's going to cost them a lot more than $6 million. Because you're getting into uh, luxury tax. And gotta it's like, do it. Will they do it? You got a two time MVP. You got to spend every single dollar possible, uh, especially with the way this year went. Like, Jokic had an awesome season, one of the best statistical seasons we've ever seen. Gonna win the MVP, but not even close in the playoffs. Right, like, right. you don't want to continue to run it back. That's just wasting his time, uh, to be quite honest. And, you know, if, if you continue to have nothing seasons, then. That's when people want to leave. I don't think that's going to happen with Jokic, yeah. but uh, but I would be doing everything possible to build a great team around him. And if that means you're spending a ton of money, then that's why you're a billionaire. Yeah, mm. good point. Uh, do you think this team, when fully healthy, can like legit win a title? Like next season, Jamal Murray, 100%. Let's yeah. say Michael Porter Jr., 100%. AG there, all these other guys we talked about. Obviously Jokic. Is that enough? I mean, I think so. You just need to see. You need to be reminded of how good Jamal Murray. He went Murray. to the conference finals. I yeah, mean, I know it's a weird in the bubble, bubble yeah. yeah. But he he was he really stepped his game up though. I think Michael Porter Jr. is probably the biggest outlier here. Like, yeah. what is this guy? Is he a really, really, really good shooter, scorer, offensive player, but a sieve at the other end? 
Because that's his, he doesn't defend at all. Yeah. And he needs to be a, if you're going to pay him that much money and he's going to be on the court and that important to the team, third best player, no no worse than that. He needs to uh, not just give away all his points on the defensive end. So, But I think so. I think so. I mean, when you've got Jokic like that, at his best, the great thing about Jokic is he doesn't want to score 35, 40 points a game. He'd be happy with 22 points and mm-hmm. 12 assists. And the Nuggets, I would guess, if he's getting, if he's producing like that, they're more likely to win games. So I do like them, but you just got to see it. I told Nora last night when they were about to lose, I was like, at least he can go back to his horses. Jokic, you know, that's, <laughs> I think that brings him comfort, right? He loves horses. She said, God, I feel bad for those horses. Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, I don't think he's right. I mean, I don't see a lot of pictures of him riding yeah, on top of the horse. Yeah, but they're still dragging him along. Yeah, you got the wheels to help you out. I mean, <laughs> these are horses, man. Horses yeah, they're so, are so. And I said, strong. I said, think about this. pounds is nothing for a horse. I said, think about this. This man walks around day to day life, Jokic, right, as one of the biggest men. Yeah. On, you know, in on the planet. Like, if I'm not really even exaggerating. Yeah. He probably likes to be around gigantic horses <laughs> because it's like it's it's he almost has more of a connection with them because they're, they're my big. size, <laughs> yeah. A steed, and he is majestic. He is uh, graceful, like a giant horse can be. I mean, I don't Grace, like horses. Graceful, like a giant. You don't horse. think a horse is graceful? And I hate horses. Yeah, so I, mean, I mean that's the one good thing you can say about horses. They are graceful. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, I, I think this is why he finds comfort in it. Yeah. I, I just think of any time you see a horse race, though, the jockeys, there's a reason they're five foot two and weigh 60 pounds. I mean... Well, I, I understand that. He's not racing horses, though. I'm yeah, sorry. but he's still... I'm just saying he's he's on the back of the horse. So you think oh, a horse... Jesus. Hold on. You think a giant horse sees Jokic walking up to the buggy behind... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I oh, do. No. Yeah. I don't know. He's 6'1". Six, he's 6'11", six, 6'10". Six, yeah. <laughs> And they're just like, uh oh, this guy. <laughs> the guy gets in there just like. <laughs> I know they're strong. I agree they're yeah. strong. I think they like the challenge. Like horses aren't strong. Yeah, I think they like the challenge. Like, oh, come on, big boy, jump in. Uh, Where's your brothers? Get them in. <laughs> All right. Anything else on uh, on Nuggets Warriors the series? Uh, most of us had this going. F- I guess I had it. I had it in six. I thought maybe the Nuggets would grab one more, but. Warriors look pretty dominant and look like they could win a title. Do you think they care at all who they play in the second round? Wolves or Grizzlies? Nah. No? Nah. Nah. You don't think they're cheering a little bit for the Wolves so oh, they get well, home court I, I advantage? I think if they, if they were to choose, they would choose Minnesota. But yeah. I don't think they're that worried about the, the Grizzlies too. And the Grizzlies are going to be good if they're at home and all that. But the Warriors have just been there in their mm. experience. And, and they're looking healthier and better and... Yeah, so I don't think so. Oh, it'd be nice to get a Stephen Adams versus uh, Draymond Green battle again. Ooh, watch your kick to the nuts. Pouch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watch your horses. Uh, watch your horses. I mean, that's a cool storyline too with the Wiggins uh, for D'Angelo Russell trade. Oh yeah, uh, right in Minnesota there, and then of course we've got Draymond versus Stephen Adams, and obviously I think people would like to see Ja versus Steph Curry, oh, but yeah. I'm with Lee. I don't really think the Warriors are nervous about yeah. either of these teams just because. Minnesota and Memphis have looked super inexperienced, uh, and the Warriors, as we know, have a lot of continuity uh, yeah. built up over the years. Okay, well, this we got to get to here. This is a lot of fun. 76ers head coach Doc Rivers, guys, does not care for the narrative associating him with blowing multiple 3-1 playoff series leads. In fact, he got downright defensive when discussing his past team's collapses, and we got to show the, you the entire clip. Here's Doc on Wednesday. Well, it's easy to use me as an example, uh, but I wish y'all would tell the whole story with me, all right? Um, my Orlando team is the HC. No one gives me credit for getting up against the Pistons who won the title. That was an HC. Go look at the. I want you to go back and look at that roster. <laughs> I, I dare you to go back and look at that roster, and you would say, what a hell of a coaching job. Really? I mean, um, the Clipper team that we lost 3-1. Chris Paul didn't play in the first two games and was playing on one leg. Um, and we didn't have home court. And then the last one, to me, is the one we blew. That's the one I said, we blew that. And that was in the bubble. And anything could happen in the bubble. There's no home court. Game seven would have been in L.A., you know. Um, but it just happened. So I would say with me, some of them is we got, I got to do better always. I always take my own responsibility. Uh, and then some of it is circumstances happen. You know, this one, let's win it, and we don't have to talk about it. All right, so there's the clip making uh, making the rounds yesterday. I wish y'all would tell the whole story with me. That's what Doc wants. Just a little fact-checking on you, Doc, though, just so we have this right. In 2003, 
the Magic team that he's talking about that took that 3-1 lead on the top seeded Pistons. Yes. Uh, Detroit went on to win the next three games by a combined 61 points to go to the second round, but they would then lose to the Nets in the East Finals. Oh, so they didn't win the championship. Yeah, so he had that part wrong. Right. They went on to win the title the next year the Pistons did, but uh, that, that 3-1 collapse... Right. Wasn't to the actual uh, you know championship team. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Otherwise, this is amazing that he is uh, going through all of this, getting ready in theory for a game six in Toronto. Gordon Garachek trash. <laughs> Andrew DeClerc trash. Pat Garrity. I mean, facts, facts. Trash. I yeah. mean, he's not totally wrong, but what he could have said is nothing. You know, or amazing. we're focusing on the Raptors here. Instead, he's bringing up playoff series from twenty years, which to me just makes you think. He's thinking about it. Oh, my God, He's yeah. thinking about it. Um, my personal favorite is that he basically blames Chris Paul coming back for <laughs> yeah. for the Clippers blowing a 3-1 lead. Yeesh. Uh, I don't know. This is just a, a weird clip from, <laughs> from Doc. Like I said, he should have just said nothing. Or, like, <laughs> we're trying to beat the Raptors here. Who cares what happened literally 20 years ago? I, I also, I think it's important to make this clear. This was, like, from what I could tell, at least I saw it on Twitter, from a Philadelphia account. Yeah. You know, this isn't like uh, Raptors right. fans like trying to rile them up here. Oh, look at this. Or, or Raptors reporters like asking this question. This was this was from, again, what I think was 76ers reporters and Philly uh, reporters asking about this, uh, which makes it even funnier mm. to me. But uh, yeah, what's your what's your takeaway? <laughs> Anything from this? Does he have a... Is he right on a lot of the stuff he's saying outside of that one little fact check there? Well, he was right when he said we were the number eight seed. That was right. You know, they were, they were up three one, yeah. and they lost and to McGrady, the number one seed. Yeah, McGrady was like, "I'm getting ready for the second round," right. or something like that. He yeah. said. Um, but that did really spark, I think, the Pistons because you mentioned they they blew them out after that. Uh, yeah, the Clippers Rocket series that was definitely the weirdest one for me because it was like, uh, you, yeah, you didn't have Chris Paul the first two games, but you split those. <laughs> uh, but Doc is absolutely rattled right now. They know they've got to end the series tonight. They have to, even though they're going home for a game yeah, seven. Yeah, the last place in the world they want to be is losing a game seven on their home court after being up three one. And I know it myself because I uh, I mentioned that I thought the Sixers were going to get devoured by the Raptors. And I've had a few Philly fans reminding me when they were down uh, 3-0 mm-hmm. of that uh, uh, prediction. So now I'm just quietly waiting for the... Uh, I've got a few I've got a few gifts uh, chambered just in case. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> chambered. Jesus. So you think they have to take care of business tonight in Toronto or you would be liking the Raptors to, to do... The what well, appeared to be impossible because yes. no one had done it yet. Of course, yeah. coming and, back and, from 3-0. And, and that's the thing. I mean, the Raptors winning without Fred on the road, pretty convincingly, and a long series. Embiid has started to show signs of fatigue. Yeah, certainly James Harden hasn't really. His numbers are okay, actually, but he hasn't had that impact that you expect. Yeah. So they're right now relying again on on, on a Maxi to have a big performance. He had a huge game one. Remember, that was ages ago. He had the thirty eight points. And Tobias Harris, and you know, there's just a couple of little like things that could uh, really blow up in their face. I, I just hope, as a basketball fan, I hope we get at least seven games of this series. Hmm. I wonder what the story will be from Doc Tell the when whole they story. inevitably lose this series uh, in seven. Yeah, Look, well, Matisse Steibel couldn't play half the games. <laughs> good point. That'll be that. Uh, yep. Embiid's, Embiid's thumb. His thumb hurts. Yeah. Well, we had the whole Ben Simmons thing <laughs> at the start of the season. That Complete was, distraction. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Doc is pining for the days of Gordon Gierczyk. Yeah. I mean, Tracy McGrady was averaging 31 a game yeah. in this series. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a team. Uh, I don't know. Uh there's a potential for a lot of slander on the internet tonight with regards to the two games we've got go- uh, with two of these games we got going. I kind of think we'll get into it a little bit later. Yeah. But we got the Suns seems to be the most straightforward game. Suns versus Pelicans, but I mean, if the Jazz lose tonight, that'll be a dunk fest. And then obviously, if the Raptors oh. pull off a win against the Sixers, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's gonna. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna be seeing a lot of Gordon Gierczyk. <laughs> We're gonna be seeing a lot of Drew Gooden. Wow, keep going. Who else on this team? This is great. Uh, Jacques Vaughn. Oh, Jacques Vaughn, yeah. That's a good one. Daryl Armstrong. Oh, wow. They had all is these... there a Doliac? Uh, no Doliac. De Klerk? Yeah, you he got a De Klerk, baby. Oh, okay, yeah. Pat Garrity, Chris Whitney, Sean Kemp, oh. Oh. Pat Burke, Stephen Hunter, and Gerald Sasser. I still got hope for Gerald Sasser. Oh, nice. Who doesn't Pat love Burke, a tall point guard? Uh, we put him in our um, St. Patrick's Day uh, parody video. That's I right. <laughs> all right. 
Well, there's Doc's comments. Let's hear from you guys. Uh, are we making a bigger deal out of it than we should be? Is he right? He's just spitting facts. Tell the whole story. Uh, are you concerned that he's even talking about this uh, like we just talked about? And do you think the Raps can uh, do the impossible here tonight, at least force a Game 7? Only, what, three teams in history have even forced the Game 7 after going down 3-0? Yeah, well, I, I know it's right. the Mavs, Mavs bla- uh, Blazers. Yeah, Mavs yeah. Blazers 2004. I think it's like three that. times in NBA history. I think there was a uh, Rocket Suns game uh, series too, one of mm. those years. I'd have to check, but All I think right. it was one of those. Yeah. Hey, during the break? Okay. Maybe get on your old computer there and okay. uh, do a little fact-checking. We'll take our final break. When we come back, JD's got Tweet of the Night, and we will look ahead to those three Game 6s. Don't go anywhere. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, so you did a little research. Yes, I did. Was I correct? Is it three teams in NBA history have come back from down 3-0 to at least force a Game 7? Yes. uh, The big one, of course, was uh, who could forget this one? The 1951 NBA Finals, Rochester Royals and the New York Knicks. Yes. The Royals were up 3-0. The Knicks came back, forced a Game 7, but the Royals went on to win it. Oh, good series. Yeah, yeah. Only won by four points in Game 7. 79-75. But the... High scoring. uh, uh, the Blazers Mavs one we did mention in 2003 now this is where it does actually get crazy remember in 1994 the Denver Nuggets came back from 2-0 down against the Seattle Supersonics in the first round mm-hmm. the number one uh, Seattle Supersonics and the number eight Nuggets yeah. well the Nuggets in the second round were down 3-0 to the Utah wow. Jazz wow, 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 and wow. came back and forced a game seven there lost by 10 in the end but uh, incredible in the back to back series the Nuggets wow it nearly pulled off just the uh, the miracle there. So we've got the Dikembe Mutombo famous, you know. Yeah. Wonder what he would have done in Utah if that was a great, uh, great question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So only three times. Yes. It was the Knicks coming back against the Royals yes. in the '51 Finals. It was this one that you said yeah. in '94, the yeah. Nuggets versus the Jazz, uh, and then what was the one the most recent one? 2003 yeah. Mavs Blazers. Yeah. Right. Right. There you go. Uh, I also have some trivia for you guys. Oh, mm-hmm. excellent! Just saw this from Basketball Reference. Good tweet today in 2002. Antoine Walker huh. of the Boston Celtics set a record for most three-point field goals in a quarter in a playoff game with six. Okay, came mm. in a loss to the 76ers. Since then, the record has been tied by four other players, all current players. Can you name them? Six three-pointers made. All current players. In one quarter of a playoff game. Yes. Clay Thompson. No, no. Mm. Steph Curry. No, that's that's a shocking part. Uh, Kevin Durant. No. Kyrie Irving. No. Damian Lillard. Correct. Hey. There you go. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Paul George. No, no. Uh, You've got... Six threes is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking for... Well, we were just talking about this guy... uh, uh, in the previous segment about his team. And Jamal Murray? No. Uh, Nikola Jokic? No. Michael, Mike, Porter, Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Wow. What? Yeah. I remember that. Okay. And then you've got uh, one of my favorite players in the league, uh, multiple-time All-Star. Devin Booker? Devin Booker did it. Good and one. then this last one, I think happened recently, if I have it right. Um, What can I say? Like what? this season. What can I say? I, 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 I don't Jason know why. Tatum. No. 
my gut says it happened recently, but we didn't talk about it at all, so now I'm second-guessing myself. <laughs> uh, so it obviously happened over the last couple of years. Uh, he's got a uh, double initial name, you know, the same yeah, name. Nurse. Yeah, what? Not Nick Nurse, Sorry. no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to DeMar say it. DeMar DeRozan. No, no. no. He's, a, he's a bigger guy, you know, uh, for a, for a three-point shooter, of course, hitting six and a quarter, but he lets it fly. He just had a bad game. No, it's not oh. Maxi Kleba. Oh, no. He no. did this. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a white guy. It's an international guy. Oh. Yeah. Gordon Gierczak? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. International guy. Sorry, Doc. Yeah, he's got... Okay, here, I'm going to really give it away. Someone else has the, the exact same last name in the league. Boyan Bogdanovich? Ah. Uh, Boyan. <laughs> nice. There you go. Nice, nice, nice. Did that just happen, or am I insane? Like, uh, well, he did have a huge... Um, I know. Against the Mavs, didn't he? Had, he did had, he have six and a quarter, though? Uh, he might. He, he had... Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> I don't think it was <laughs> too much. Been over the last well, well, who just somebody just hit five and a quarter? Monte Morris just hit five, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes, he okay. did. Um, I mean, Booker in that thirty-one point. Oh, that was half though, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, just saying stuff. Your, just the wheels stuff. spinning in your mind. Uh, all right. Thank you, Basketball Reference. Fun trivia. I love the music too, JD. Like, yeah, it's it intense in here. It's beautiful. You want to run it back? I got some crazy names from the New York Knicks in the 1950s. <laughs> all right. Uh, can you name a single player from the Knicks or from the Rochester Royals? 1951. 1951. Uh, Shays? Was there a Shays plan? Uh, we got no Shays. Uh, we got one guy whose nickname is The Horse. <laughs> not Jokic. Not, right? not Jokic. Um, the Horse. Do we know him? <laughs> you would only know that his nickname is The Horse, I think. <laughs> I don't know that. Harry The Horse Gallatin. <laughs> How about... Gallatin uh, Gallatin. There's only been one NBA player named Kiki in NBA history. Oh, oh. This guy's... His dad played for this team. <laughs> so what's Kiki's dad's name? Is yes. Have, what is yes. Vandaway? He's a yes. Ernie. 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 Generational. Eh? Wow. What Kiki family. was a bucket man. I wonder what Ernie was like. <laughs> My favorite name, though, pretty much the entire reason I wanted to bring this up is there was a guy who played for the Knicks named Ray Lump. <laughs> he's Lump. He's Lump. He's Lump. Uh, uh, Ray right. Lump. Shout out to Ray Lump. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Pressing the wrong button over there. Well, the extra trivia kind of threw me <laughs> off, you know. I mean, come yeah. on. You got any I gotta chance ca- you can talk about lump. You got to slip it in. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I got to follow you guys. I got to follow you guys. Uh, so tonight's Tweet of the Night comes to us. It's a video that was tweeted in from Joan Marset Villa. Definitely not pronouncing that properly. Uh, but he sent us this video posted by basketballnews.com, and it is of a player named John Holland. Holland? Uh-huh. Holland. Uh, he plays uh, in Turkey for the Fruity <laughs> Extra Bursapur. What? <laughs> That's the name of the team. Okay. Uh, and all it is is just an awesome halftime interview. Enjoy. <laughs> We some dogs. We some dogs. Not just any dogs. We some pit bulls. Underdogs, and we don't care. We some pit bulls. Nice one, Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> the wild eyes. Yeah, the like how he's growling while he's going away. <laughs> Did they that. win the game? That's what I wanted to know. Great question. I didn't go that deeply. <laughs> no, <so>. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I also do like that he's like, we're dogs, while he's wearing a jersey that says Fruity Tootie on it. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the bills. Ah, all right. John, he played in the NBA. Yeah, right? he was a Cavalier. And he showed up at Summer League for a couple of teams. Oh, oh we didn't get him on the show? Uh, I was pre-us <laughs> at Summer League, oh, I man. believe. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he, OKC, 2012 Las Vegas mm. Summer League. And Would then the just Heat. missed him. Uh, yeah, so okay. we just missed him, unfortunately. All right. Great, great clip there. Dogs. He's got an Instagram saying, Final Four, coming for it all. Mm-hmm. Probably one, I would have to imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, based, yeah, yeah. Based on that. Also, his Instagram name is Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's okay. not bad, yeah. Really good. <laughs> yeah, big Richard Dreyfus fan. <laughs> All right. Uh, tonight's games, guys. Sixers, Raptors, 7 o'clock, NBA TV. Philly leads at 3-2. We got Suns in New Orleans. Try and close out that series. That one's at 7.30 on TNT. And then the Mavs in Utah is the nightcap as the Dallas Mavericks try and wrap up that series. So, 
three, three, two seriously. In all three instances, the the road team can end this. How many of these end tonight? None. 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 The home team is winning every game tonight. Call me Kendrick or Ronnie. None. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Robbie Coltrane because I'm nuns on the run. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Sally Field because I'm the fly. Robbie Coltrane... uh, (laughs) I think you're right. Yeah, I think so. Who yeah. else was in that? Oh, hey, Eric Idle? Yeah, Eric Idle, yeah. That is wow. the weirdest cut. reference I'll, we've I'm ever dropped. We dropped some non-timely references, but that one I'm thinking of Robert Carlyle or Robert Coltrane. Uh, uh, ooh, yeah. I might, all right, I'm going to look it Carlyle, up. Actually, I think it's Carlyle, actually, because I think Robbie Coltrane was in, um, what's that one? Uh, uh, the, the, I can see Coltrane in a nun outfit. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Uh, let me look it up. Let me look it up. All right. Right. <laughs> hey, what do you think? Do you agree with him? Or is some of these ending tonight? Well, call me Richie Benno, because I think two for 22 of the... What? I still don't know what two, I'm saying. No, just say two. Just two. say two. He doesn't yeah. know what it means. No, I don't. Not at all. He doesn't want to, or you want to? I would rather keep saying two. Uh, sons are going to win. I think uh, okay. I think they're going to hold off the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. It'll be a tough one uh, there in New Orleans. But I'm looking forward to the slander. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, the Sixers, it almost feels like at this point everybody's expecting the Raptors to win, which maybe is good for yeah. the Sixers. There's almost yeah. no pressure yeah. on the Sixers, but there's also a ton of pressure on the Sixers. And I just wonder if the Jazz will have, like, one good game. Like, they, like get <laughs> yeah. some three-pointers up. You're playing at home. Yeah. This should be the last stand of the Jazz, at least. You know, the last time we saw them, they had the alley-oop from... Mitchell to Gobert the last time we saw him in Utah, so maybe they'll be able to channel that sort of energy as well. But if they lose, people are going to be dunking all over them tonight, so that'll mm. be cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with him. I think we get two Game 7s coming out of tonight. I think it's, uh, well, I'm hoping, I guess, that the Raptors beat the Sixers at home because that that arena is going to be going crazy, mm. uh, I would imagine. And then I think that the Jazz are going to win here uh, and give us a Game 7 uh, in Dallas. But I also think the Pelicans... Hell of a fight, made it a series, might be another competitive game, close game, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they'll pull it out. Do we know the status on Devin Booker, too? I know it was a, a possibility. I, he was, yeah. like, gonna... yelling that he was going to be coming yeah, back, I think, so, too. Uh, yeah, there, I, there's I, that in play, but we'll see. Uh, but I have the Suns winning and the uh, the Raptors and Jazz giving us a game seven. Mm. What, what are you smiling and laughing about? <laughs> you, and, J.D., did you figure out what yeah, reference con- he was talking Confirmed <laughs> that uh, Robbie Coltrane is, in fact, in Nuns on the Run, <laughs> along with Eric Idle. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was his name? Carlisle? Yeah. He's, he's not in it. He's, not in well, it. he's in that famous, like, um, oh, that movie. It's the full Monty. That's the one. Yeah, that's it. And he was yeah. a Bond villain as well. That's, uh, was it? Yeah, he was in... Uh, <laughs> what are, you, are you guys... T- you guys are talking about movies from the 80s right no, now? No, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Actually, let's see. I don't on really the run. even know... Nuns on the Run's probably 88, 89. Yeah. Probably. I don't Late know 80s. Nuns on the Run yeah. or the names of the people you're yeah, saying. Eric Idle, I know. Eric Idle, I know, but... Roddy Coltrane is in... Is Hagrid in... Oh, yeah. Nice. He's Harry also Potter. he's also a well. He's not a Bond villain. He's, he's a, a, a Bond associate. Yeah, in, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Goldeneye, I think it is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Is he yeah. in the N64 game? Is that where I'm going? Uh, I don't think so. Oh I don't well. Think so, yeah. Nuns on the Run, 1990. Oh, I've never, I've never even heard of this movie. It's hilarious. It's man. great. Yeah. yeah, I remember it being great. I saw <laughs> really? it in the theater. I was uh, 19, probably. I re- yeah. I really enjoyed. it. Okay, Give me the synopsis that you can remember. Of well, on the they're, they're criminals, I think. They're bank robbers or something like that. And their disguise is to become nuns. Okay. Because obviously nuns are not considered to be criminals. But then they have to act as if they're women right. and not men. And all the... Uh, what, are, what are the nun, nuns in training, I guess, are... Um, not suspicious of it at all but they you know they're men and they go into like the change rooms and things like that <laughs> pretending they're women and stuff it's hilarious <laughs> it's got a lot of Mrs. Doubtfire to it yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 there's yeah. there's there's that <laughs> for sure for sure it's gum session oh yeah <laughs> watch yeah. none wait we should run. watch it we should oh, yeah. right. we should watch it alright I guess we watch what else are we doing there's like, we're like <laughs> we're two series down now like there's not much happening 
I mean, except for, you know, the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Rest we got to go all summer, guys. Our, yeah. All summer. Our Formula going. One podcast, our Survivor podcast. There's nothing happening. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, guys, that's it for today's show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. Get yourself some No Dunks merch. Go to nodunks.com and grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. New Survivor podcast coming later today in the No Buffs YouTube feed and podcast feed around 2 p.m. Eastern if you want to join us live. Otherwise, We'll flip that into a pod and get it up as soon as humanly possible. Talking about last night's Survivor episode. And tomorrow, Drop Podcast, back here in the Classic Factory at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, Yeah, we'll be talking about, obviously, tonight's games. Maybe looking forward to a couple more series that we may or may not know. We'll see. And Tash will be back. So we'll get the full John Legend Mm. report. <laughs> I can never tell with Tass. He'll either give us a good 15 minutes on it or he'll say, Yeah, it was fine. It was great. It was good. And that'll be it. <laughs> so we we'll see. see. You'll have to tune in tomorrow to see what type of uh, report we get from the legend concert that Tass and his wife were at in Vegas uh, over the last couple days. Uh, until then, Clipper Bros. Whoops. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and as far as I can tell, you can't play as Hagrid in Goldeneye. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's him, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, you, can, you definitely can play Yeah, us. sweet. Yeah, nice. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.